are listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast with Mark Alden Taylor. Shoot about 15 times, and every time they blow off the daggum gas gas thing, there's a big metal bar that went in front of us that had flames come out of it, and these are real explosions coming out of these windows. Yeah, I remember when we took that picture and how hot it was. What, what year was this? done when the 76 76 done in hollywood set of the sting remember yeah. at university yeah that was real wood and it'd be on fire and, it, and there were like firemen everywhere they'd come out of nowhere and put it all out you know get ready for a whole new one i remember the flame was taken out yeah i'm glad they took sting, it out after the crash because it was too too eerie yeah it was Welcome to another edition of the Freeform Rock Podcast. Today we have Joseph Santana on here, DJ Sato. Did I say it right? Or Sato? Sato. Sato. Yeah. I knew I messed up. Should I say? And we also it's have... It's like Play-Doh. Well, he, he just yeah, introduced himself. Plato, it's Play-Doh. We used to use... I'm kidding. Oops, sorry. Well, that's Lee. <laughs> oh, yeah. Lee so out of it that he talked before he was introduced. How are you? Fine. How are you doing? How are you doing, guys? Oh, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm, I, I'm doing good now that one of the albums is over. Oh, wait, we didn't even start. I know you. I, I didn't tell you what album. <laughs> All right. Well, today we're doing Leonard Skinner's Street Survivors, the final album with Ronnie Van Zant, the legendary Ronnie Van Zant, and the first and only album by Steve Gaines with the band, recorded album hmm. with him. And, uh,. You know this album cover is kind of freaky. You know, you know the lore about this album cover. Uh-uh. I kind of um, do. Yeah, I... behind it. Well, it kind of predicted the death because Steve Gaines is on fire in there, and he's he's standing like he's a corpse. Huh? And he he burned up in that plane crash. Yeah. Yeah, and I just saw that uh, documentary on uh, if I leave here tomorrow on Showtime, Leonard Skinner. And yeah. it was freaking awesome. I found some stuff out about this band, and it was funny because I, I did this out. I picked this album before um, Ed, the guitar player. I forgot what is his name. Ed, 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 Ed. Um, da, 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 in Leonard Skinner. Yeah, hold on, I got it. Right. Ed King just died. He was also in Strawberry Alarm Clock. You know, he just oh, passed yeah. away. So that was weird. So um, uh, rest in peace to uh, Ed King and. And he wasn't really on this album. He was only on one song on that because he'd left. He left in the middle. Uh, he got yelled at by Ronnie Van Zant during a concert. He packed up his shit and left. And they got a uh, replacement guitar player for him. They go, where's Ed? Oh, he packed up. He left. He didn't even tell the band he quit. Wow. He was pissed Damn. off at Ronnie for yelling at him. He said Ronnie came in late and started bitching at him that he played the wrong guitar parts and his guitar playing was terrible. And he said, fuck this shit and packed up his shit and just packed and didn't tell him he quit. <laughs> well, I, I I don't blame him. Yeah, so it, it's pretty pretty cool. He's on one song on here. He's on um, one more time. No, yeah, one more time. So it's pretty huh. cool. So this this is their final album before that infamous plane plane crash. Man, it's pretty sad. Man, I was crying at the end of it because they're showing his gravesite and his brother was there and and it, yeah. was, it was just sad, man. I'm just just wondering what this band would have done if they had more time yeah. to make more albums. You know. I heard that the same area where their plane crashed was the same area where Buddy Holly's plane crashed with the Big Bopper and Gene Vincent. And one friend of mine 
who knew about that area in Florida said they still didn't cut that damn tree that was like the cause of it. They went, the tree's still there, but people kept dying in plane crashes. Well, they ran out of gas. Said, <laughs> oh. It's like, it, it says, October 20th, 1977, only three days after the release of Street Survivors and five shows into their most successful headlining tour to date, Leonard Skinner's chartered Convair CV300 ran out of fuel near the end of the flight in Greensville, South Carolina, where they just performed in Greenville Memorial Auditorium to LSU in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Though the pilots oh, okay. attempted an emergency landing on a small airstrip, the plane crashed in a forest five miles northeast of Gillsburg, Mississippi. Ronnie Van Zant, Steve Gaines, Casey Gaines, assistant road manager Dean Kilpatrick, pilot Walter McCreary, and co-pilot Wal uh, William Gray were killed upon impact. The other band members, Collins, Rosenton, Wilkinson, Powell, Pyle, and Hawkins, tour manager Ron Eckelman, and road crew survived but still suffered serious injuries. And um, uh. what was it? The guitar player, um, not Gaines, the one who survived. Um, uh, was it Rossington? Or Rossington, was it yeah. He was talking about he was so proud of his lead singer because they knew they were going to crash. And he was so quiet. They were just sitting there praying and and nobody was nervous everybody just sat there and hunkered down and crashed you know they weren't crying or saying we're going to die or anything they were very calm during the crash oh wow yeah that's that was crazy i i heard uh casey Gaines, which was steve's Gaines sister also passed in that flight too yeah i mentioned her wow. she, she was the backup singer because one of the backup singers just quit on him too so she was a replacement for steve and uh Casey Gaines, so if Ed stayed, he probably would have died. <laughs> Think about it. Yeah. Uh, I but, mean, he died anyway, but that was now. Well, years later. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it says anyway, right... shame on him for dying now. I'm kidding. It says, after the, uh, pla the crash killed several band members, the cover became highly controversial. Out of respect for the deceased, at least the request of Teresa Gaines, Steve's widow... MCA Records withdrew the original cover and replaced it with a similar image of the band against a simple black background, which was on a black cover of the original sleeve. Conspiracy theorists have long been quick to point out that only those band members touched by the flame in the photograph were killed in the crash. 30 years later, for the deluxe CD version of Street Survivors, the original Flames cover was restored, which I have, which is, I want the original cover, and that was awesome. So it oh, says yeah. the band yeah. members who were touched by a flame are the ones who died, so it was Ronnie and Steve. Yeah. That's really yeah, crazy. Yeah. So let's get into this album after we discussed it already. Uh, how did you get into this band, um, Joseph? Uh, actually, this I got into this band with a couple of drinking buddies back when I first started drinking while I was 21. Uh, my dad used to listen to it, but I kind of never enjoyed it really as a child because. I don't know, I just, I didn't have the feel for Southern Rock like my dad did, but uh, once I turned 21 and I had a few drinks and I was at a bar, somebody, I think they remotely started with Freebird, and I was like, damn, I was like, my pops used to hear this, and then I went towards the jukebox, and the jukebox had almost like every album by Leonard Skinner and Dinner. I was like, man, this must be a Skinner bar or something, and uh, uh -huh. we just played tunes most of the whole night, man, all from the Skinner, man, left and right, we dropped the cord in the jukebox, drank beer. Jammed out to a lot of songs, a lot of songs, and I just grew adapted to them and liked them ever since. 
So, Lee, how did you not get into them? <laughs> Just <joking>. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, I guess that finally um, there was there was a guy I knew, like a friend who gave me the album pronounced Leonard Skinner. I had heard of them, and I mean, you know, they're the kind of group that back in the seventies, even if you hadn't heard their music. You heard of Deep Purple, you heard of Led Zeppelin, you heard of all these groups. And then later, if you had a chance to actually hear the songs from the groups, then you heard them. And so I heard um, Leonard Skinner's album pronounced Leonard Skinner. There were a few songs I liked. I wasn't greatly into all of the songs. I didn't like Tuesday's Gone. I liked half of Freebird. And I liked I Ain't the One. I liked Poison Whiskey. You know, I liked a few songs. I liked Simple Man. You know, so there were a few songs I liked, but most of them were, like, okay. They weren't fantastic. But, you know, they had Sweet Home Alabama on the radio then, and I was like, everybody used to like that song, and I said, why don't you grow some brain cells, people? But, oh well. Um, I like some of their songs. I do kind of like one of their albums better than this. And But, you know, you picked it, so hey. <laughs> you know? Alright. Well, at least I didn't pick my nose, right? <laughs> well, um, I would have preferred that. <laughs> Well, it's, um, I got into this band. Remember that great? They had a greatest hits album called Le uh, Leonard's Innards, Skinner's Innards, and I oh. got that and started listening. I knew Freebird. I knew that smell from from Kayla West down here in California. I knew those songs, and I got into that, and I started saying, "I want to hear more." And I I just love the guitar playing. It's like Freebird is one of the best guitar solos ever. God damn, that thing just goes on and on and on, and it just keeps getting better as it's going. It's like Dang, I love that. And then I started listening to the other songs. I go, man, they got some great guitar work. And I've always liked honky-tonk piano. You know, uh, my, I get that from my mom. She always, she wasn't country. She was like like southern rock. She liked a lot of the southern rock. And I love the honky-tonk piano. I just think it's awesome. And we'll get uh -huh. into that when we talk about this album. So that's about how I got into them. And, and, and they just kick ass, man. I love Southern Rock. I love the Black Crows. I love the Almond Brothers. I love bands like that. They just freaking... Uh, I, just, I just love it. It's a great it's a great genre of rock. And I think it's coming back with some bands like Blackberry Smoke and some other bands that are coming out right now. They're pretty good. I wish the Black Crows would get back together. But that ain't going to happen. Those brothers hate each other. Uh, <laughs> no comment. No comment. You don't like the Black Crows either, I guess. <laughs> I, I said no comment. We, we'd be having a whole discussion on the groups I don't like. <laughs> well, that'll take forever. <laughs> we'd be here for like fucking, what, uh, two years? <laughs> yeah. Uh, two decades. <laughs> two decades. Yeah, give, yeah, yeah, give me um, a whole um, hundred um, fifths of vodka and I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into the first track on this album. What's your name? What do you think about this, Joseph? Uh, what's your name? Uh, yeah, uh, the, from what I thought about it, I know it's one of the classic hits, uh, singles off the album. 
at a time when music was finding its way, Leonard Skinner found doing a song like this, upbeat and catchy, was an idea of a way of opening an album. I still think of it as a bar song, uh, a good enough bar song, or bar song to drink to. <laughs> and uh, and this uh, again, this was the end almost of the disco era, and where music technically, from what I heard, was lost there for a little bit with all the English pop and bands going, you know, from rock to hair metal, glam metal. Uh, Skinner men just stood with their roots to the southern rock, and uh, I actually enjoyed the tune of What's Your Name myself. Yeah, so what'd you think about it, Lee? Oh, well. This is a good imitation of a Wet Willie song, but I like Wet Willie better. I bet you like Why Wet Willie. Why couldn't you pick a Wet Willie album instead, damn you? Who the hell is it's Wet Willie? It's a good song for nine-year-olds um, oh. to dance to. It has a good vibe for nine-year-olds. Lee, I, ha- I I just wonder why you don't like this song. You get drunk so much. This is a drinking song, man. Yeah, well, um, I like the drinking better than the song, but yeah, I like to drink if the song is on. <laughs> well, I said it's a Stone Cold classic. What else can I say about it? And it just makes me want to drink some whiskey like I am right now. Bottoms up, like Van Halen says. <laughs> right on. You get you, you get your bad musical taste once you start that whiskey. <laughs> All right, and then we get to the next song, which is a song that Lee picked because Joseph picked songs that Lee wanted to pick. <laughs> and Mark made me pick. Mark made me pick something in order to get me pain, but go on. <laughs> All right, well, here's that smell by Leonard Skinner on the Freeform Rock Podcast. Yeah! 
Okay, that was That Smell by Leonard Skinner. So why did you pick... Well, I know why you picked it, because Joseph picked the song you wanted. Well, no, why did you pick I have, this one? <laughs> I, I have some good things to say about it. Seven-year-olds would like this song, because it says, <laughs> That Smell. A young boy will say, Hey, Dad, listen to this. And when it says, That Smell, the kid will point to the phonograph, and the dad will say, That's cute. What's this, what's this obsession with seven-year-olds? Do you like them because they tuck in their shirts? 
Uh, well, we're, we're not going to talk about that. In but, but it's decent. I don't mind it. But no, I mean, I, 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 I remember when I was seven and I did wear my shirts that way back then because I saw mannequin that. Well, never mind. Anyway, um, yeah. Um, uh, did you ever steal I, I, a mannequin and go dress it up and tuck in her shirt? I. Uh, I went to the mannequin in the store and I tugged on the shirt a little bit when I saw it was tucked in and I was like, ooh, but I, I, you're going to get me talking about something I don't want to right now. All right, so what'd you... What'd I was you... six years old, by the way, not seven. Oh, okay. I thought you had an obsession with seven for some reason. So what'd you no, think of... No, no. Um, I'm, I'm trying to go one year past my obsession. <laughs> so what'd you think of this song, Joseph? Me, I, I do know uh, from what I read online that this was a top 20 single at its time, if I'm not mistaken. It helped propel uh, the Leonard Skinner album to hit the top five on billboards. Uh, Love the straight southern riff to the song, which I enjoyed greatly. Another great, fantastic drinking song. Likely, uh, I don't know about the seven-year-olds, but I also do not know what they're singing when they say that smell. It could be anything from raunchiness to something sweet to something funky. But either way, man, it was a great tune for all those Landry Skinner fans out there. Yeah, what I saw in the documentary, uh, Gary Rossington said this song was written about him because he crashed a tree. And it even says it in the song, crashed a tree on Ludes. He was on Ludes and he crashed his car into a tree. And Ronnie says, man, that smell of death surround you. And he just wrote a song <laughs> about drinking and drugs. And he said it made for a great song, but uh, Ronnie told me to clean my shit up. <laughs> it's like, damn. Because there's a line in the song that talks about you're on loots and you hit it about hitting a tree. <laughs> and uh. this this is my one of my favorite Leonard Skinner songs of all time. I just love the guitar. Like, it's like that guitar riff. It's just... I just love this song and the lyrics are so fucking awesome. This is one of their best songs of all time, in my opinion. This song just fucking kicks ass, man. I love this track. And then we get into One More Time, which none of you guys picked. So what did you think of the, that's this song, Joseph? Ah, uh, man. Definitely uh, not what I was expecting. It's a very soft tune considering what we heard from song one and two. Uh, one more time to me is very country sounding but with beautiful guitar work and lyrics is what I thought about it. It was cool. Um, me, I probably could skip it. I have to be in a certain mood to kind of get the song to play. If I'm sobered, I'm probably end up skipping it. What do you think about it, Lee? Um... They try for that Neil Young Harvest sound and fail. Listen to Carol King's Rhymes and Reasons album for better music. But it's not too bad. It's almost as good as a Grateful Dead tune. Well, this song was sung by Steve Gaines, lead vocals. I think this one is cool, but to me it's killer filler. It's it it's not that good to me. <laughs> but it but I wouldn't yeah. skip it because it goes with the album and I think it's really cool. And it's like you know, it's the one song he sang on here, and, and he just died after this album. So, it's like it has a little bit of value to it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, if he didn't die, I'd probably 
just go off on this song, but I don't know ill. Oh, <laughs> but he didn't need, even write we, it. We need to have more people dying on good songs that you don't like. That way you get better opinions. Oh, be quiet. <laughs> really? <laughs> All right. Really, yeah. And then we get to the next track that Lee picked, I Know A Little. So here's I Know A Little on the Freeform Rock Podcast. Was I know a little? Why did you pick this song, Lee? This is actually a good song. 
but in the style of the group Asleep at the Wheel. A group you wouldn't review, but for that reason, it's my pick of the week. Is it jazz? I mean, business stuff. It's, it's like country swing jazz stuff. But, I haven't even but, heard but, it, so how do you know I wouldn't review it? I review a lot of stuff that I don't like. All right, well then, why, why don't I just give it to you and then just ask you to review it? And okay. And then you tell me no, and then, and then, and then, um, never mind. Never. But no. And do you know that song, um, Boogie Back in Texas, da-da-da-da-da-da, Boogie Back in Texas? Well, no, they do Beat Me Daddy Ate to the Bar. Do you know that? Never mind. Don't beat me, Daddy. Don't beat me, Daddy. Okay, go ahead. But, but yeah, they're, they're, they're like, um... Um, the kind of music that your mom and pop would dance to when they were teenagers back in the 50s kind of stuff. What would you? What did you think about it, Joseph? This is funny. I got I got two different perspectives on this, uh, way different than Lee's. Uh, to me, oh. it has a James Belushi, Dan Aykroyd, Blues Brothers kind of riff to it throughout I the song. I see that. I see that. It's it's very very catchy. It's very uh, almost comedic like for me. I, I put it this way: if if I may make a cartoon reference, uh, one of my favorite animated cartoons, Snoopy from the Peanut series. Wow, um, yeah. I, I love Snoopy. I, I don't know if you guys. I don't know if you guys ever seen Bomb Voyage, Charlie Brown. Oh yeah, any... with him saying "fuck you" with the, under his uh, his chin. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, yeah, well, oh, no. he does that. But no, the bar scene where he's drunk off the root beer and he's all dancing around. Yeah. I could literally see Snoopy putting a quarter in the jukebox and this song in the fucking background playing. It was an absolute great track for me. I enjoyed it. I would have picked it uh, to be played, but I kind of figured... It had such a funky sound that I knew maybe Lee probably would have chosen this track. Thank you, thank song. you for not picking all three songs I would have picked. <laughs> right. But no, a fantastic, fantastic tune right there. Definitely worth, uh, I can't dance, but definitely uh, worth dancing to. You can probably country two-line uh, step to this. You can probably just, I don't know, shake your ass and booty or just have yeah. a beautiful We'll give you a lap dance to it because yeah. it's a badass song. <laughs> well, as long as their shirts are tucked in for Lee, he'll be fine. Yep. And, and the album is Shake Your Booty with Snoopy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is what I thought of it. Boogie Woogie. Love this. Jams. Man, this song swings. And I love the honky-tonk piano in this song. It fucking kicks ass. What a great track, man. Great song to pick, Lee. I'm proud of you, man. Yep. Thank you, man. <laughs> Alright, and then we get into the next track, which is You Got That Right, which Joseph picked. So here's You Got That Right on the Freeform Rock Podcast.
That was you got that right. Why did you pick this, Joseph? The piano work. Straight oh, yeah. up the piano work on this song was absolutely phenomenal to me. I just I have a fatuation with pianos and people that play them. If you can you have a fatuation with Lee? He plays piano. I just know um, piano is one of those instruments that are complex to me. Uh, I tried like jamming on guitars. I'm not very good at it. I picked up a bass here within the last couple of months. Not very good at it. Piano, I just it, it, there's so much to do with it. So many sounds you can get out of a piano, whether it's straight a baby grand or a synthesizer you're using. If you can incorporate it into a band that's doing something that's not orchestrated or like an orchestra, that's fucking absolutely phenomenal. That's why I chose this song. You got the right. You got that right. Right on. You know Lee plays piano, right? <laughs> yeah. You know that Mark. You could even play piano if what you did was just you had a job cleaning pianos with a rag and then they recorded you while you cleaned it will make noise and you'd be considered better than than um um some of um bruno mars oh god i like bruno mars i think he's cool that yeah guy i could think he'd be better <laughs> okay what did you think about it lee oh um now this is a good song for its time it's definitely a timepiece but i like it for that reason it's a bar band tune, but that's the stuff I like best of them. Yeah, I said I love the dual, vo dual vocals and the piano. Like uh, Joseph saying, the piano is so fucking awesome on this song. This song grooves and the guitars are so good. This is a killer yep. track, man. I just want to go get drunk right now. I'm kind of right buzzed on. right now. I'm not drunk yet. I'll be getting there, but i got to finish these because I mess up. I when did I ed earlier, but... I got sober after we were talking about this album. So I messed up. You. I messed up the Armored Saint and the freaking uh, Heart podcast when I was drunk trying to edit it. So I had to go fix the Armored Saint, and I said, "Fuck the Heart! I ain't fixing that shit." <laughs> Actually, it, it wasn't wrong. Technically, it was just you had the bad opinion. You should have fixed your opinions. <laughs> That's what you needed to fix. Uh, uh, of course, you would say that, huh? Well, I. I, I, I my mind thinks that my mouth just followed. Your mind thinks your mouth. Yeah, this song, this song rules, man. Well, let's get into the next track, which is I Never Dreamed. What would you think of this track, Lee? Oh, I like that it doesn't irritate me, but I am not <laughs> totally <laughs> thinking it's fantastic. It's like a second-rate Stephen Stills and Manassas song. Does it irritate you more than a woman having her shirt out? Um... It doesn't irritate me as much as that. I like it better than that. Okay, that's cool. What did you think Thank about you. it, Joseph? Uh, me, particularly, uh, I, I honestly did not like this tune. Um, to me, it was too soft. It sounded more country than, than southern rock, in my opinion. I mean, for me, I could, I could really just hear it, hear the beginning part, skip. Most Leonard, hardcore Leonard Skinner fans probably won't do it because it's a decent track. To me, I just, like I said, I had, I don't know, maybe the lyrics didn't get to me. Maybe they did. It's one of those songs that I was really confused on. And like I said, because it was too slow, I, I just couldn't get into it personally. But it, it's a decent track. I'll give it that. Maybe 
if it was on a star rating, a star rating gauge, three out of five. Uh, I said it was a little dragging. I kind of agree with you on that one, Joseph. I would kind of skip it. <laughs> it's not filler and it's not killer. It's kind of no, slow. It, it just drags so much. It's not something I would expect for Leonard Skinner to be playing. But I, like you said, Leonard Skinner hardcore fans would probably say, "What the fuck you guys saying, man? Skinner, fuck, all Skinner is good." You know, like hard, <laughs> like hardcore Kiss fans will like the worst. Like Paul Stanley's vocals now. Don't fucking say anything about Paul Stanley's vocals. He fucking kicks ass. You know. <laughs> fucking Kiss nerds. They get me mad. <laughs> I like Kiss, but... Now you know why I feel the way I do about some song opinions. <laughs> Just think about how you feel about the Kiss nerds, and now you get it. <laughs> well, this is funny. And then we get into the next song, which... Uh, Joseph picked a Merle Haggard co covered called Honky Tonk Nighttime Man. So here's Honky Tonk Nighttime Man on the Freeform Rock Podcast.
That was Honky Tonk Nighttime Man. Why'd you pick that song, Joseph? Yeah, here's the thing. A lot of people know I like my alternative rock. I like my Cookie Monster metal. And I like my hip-hop and rap. But I also have a fascination with Southern rock, country, funk, and blues. And this song has all four of those in it. To me, it's the type of song that if I drink enough and I put my hip in the right placement, I can actually probably get up off my ass at a bar and dance my ass off to this song. It's a very catchy tune, and just the beat from beginning to end, like I said, has that country, southern rock, funk, blues feel to it. It's It makes for a great, uh, what's the damn word, um, a cocktail to drink to, basically, or listen to in this case. All right. What did I? What did you think of it, Lee? Oh, they must have listened to Tony Rice before doing this song. But it's really good for that reason. It's my favorite song on the album. Nice. Yeah, this is one of the songs you wanted to pick. <laughs> yeah. Because of that, we should do Tony Rice, and that's even worse. You would dislike that even more than the Sleep at the Wheel. You don't like good music, damn it. You tell me I like good music when you're drunk. Aren't you drunk? Uh, uh, <laughs> I, for, forget everything I say. <laughs> I do. All right, I know you do. Uh, <laughs> I, I said this song jams, grooves. Love the honky tonk piano. I love honky tonk piano and rock. It's so good, and the guitar picking rules. <laughs> it's so fucking awesome. I love it. And then we get to track number. I'm glad eight. I picked it. <laughs> <laughs> then we get to track number eight, which ends the original album. But we have like two more tracks that I had on my album. Did you have Georgia? Well. Did you have Georgia Peaches and Sweet Little Missy Lee? Uh, thank God I didn't. I mean, I could have listened to it, but I wanted to only hear the regular album. All right. So because... let let me just say they suck. Just to just to give my opinion, even All though right. I didn't. Because I, I know Georgia Peaches and Sweet Little Missy. Yeah, because I know you. That was one of the songs you would have picked, um, Joseph. <laughs> I had that too. So this is the last song on the original album, "Ain't No Good Life." What'd you think of this one, Joseph? This makes me wonder. Alright, here's another fucking reference to a movie. You guys remember the original Gremlins when they're all at the bar? Yeah. And you have and you yeah. have the one Gremlin with the little, I, I call it the mafia hat. It's tilted down to his head. And he's sitting there with his little shot with the candle right there on the table. This is that type of song that you just want to sit in the bar and be left the fuck alone. You don't even want a waitress coming to tend to you for another drink unless you wave the finger like bitch i want another drink um <laughs> this is it's a very like i said southern um not southern that's the wrong word i'm trying a, a solo song to where you, you just want to enjoy it by yourself you don't want to you don't want a fucking crowd around you you don't want to be distracted it's just something where you want to soak it in, but you want to soak it in without any any means of distractions. Um, I don't know how to properly term it other than that. Uh, I Lord only knows I ain't got no life, so I think that's why I enjoyed it pretty much just by the title. But a great, great way to end uh, the original album for Street Survivors, uh, in my opinion. So that's what I got on it. Yeah, I would I, I, I would interpret what you said because you said you weren't quite sure how to put it. I would say you're in the mood. You don't want a bunch of Leonard Skinner songs next to you. You only want Honky Tonk Man. You don't need <laughs> I Never Dreamed. And then you don't need that smell. And, 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 and you don't want 
I put my washing machine in the donkey, baby. You don't want any of those songs. You just want to have Honky Tonk Man, period. <laughs> so oh, that's you, me. So what so would you think of this song, Lee? <laughs> oh, um, it's almost as good as old REO Speedwagon stuff, but not quite as good. I like it. I don't love it, but I like it. Yeah, I just, I, I'm going to piggyback off what Joseph said. I just want to sit at a bar and drink to this fucking song. I love it. That <laughs> 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 was in my notes, man. And you, like, totally I, said the same I, thing. I, I will piggyback you, but slightly change it. I just want to drink. Fuck this song. <laughs> All right. Well, you already said the next two songs suck. So, Joseph, what did you think of, uh... But they suck Georgia pebbles. Peaches. Georgia Peaches. <laughs> Georgia Peaches is a, a definite uh, catchy sudden song right here. I see all the beautiful women. I'm talking not just from Georgia. I'm talking Alabama, Mississippi. My, my girl's going to probably kill me when I say this, but I see nothing but sudden bells when I hear this song. And those pretty sunflower dresses with absolutely nothing on in beneath, dude. <laughs> this song is catchy as shit. It's cute. I like it. Um, when I close my eyes, man, it's a great tune. To me, uh, I think of it as a great expansion to the album. Uh, I consider it a deep cut because technically it was not featured off the original album. And uh, I think, in my opinion, it's a great tune and can be... If you drink, you're going to have some bad thoughts about Georgia Peaches, but naughty thoughts instead, so... Kind of reminds me of Southern Girls by uh, Cheap Trick. <laughs> uh, uh, Southern Girls got away with the words and they show it. You know, this song's like a, like a, that's like a part two to this song. This song fucking rocks. I love it. It grooves. And again, the piano is so fucking good. I love the piano, man. This is a great track. And then we get into track 10, Sweet Little Missy. You had this one, right? Right, Joseph? Yep. I, yep, I sure did. Uh, to me, this is another song about a woman. Some may say a great close to the album. Truthfully, I enjoyed the, the piano work. But besides that, I have mixed emotions about this last song. Uh, it, was, it was what it was for the album. The release date when it came out it was a great add-on. Just it, I don't know, to me, the album, I could have given it maybe a 4.5 out of 5. Unfortunately, the album ended with 4 out of 5, in my opinion. Probably because of this track. Like, I don't know. This, to me, was a filler song, and I don't know what their intentions were. Maybe when they expanded the album, just to add the extra two songs. I know, again, they added three extra to four extra songs later. But other than that, it was great, in my opinion. I, I enjoyed it somewhat, and then somewhat not. It's just one of those hit and miss like like John Carlos Stanton, who's chasing 300 home runs, this is how it feels. You know, like, you, you want to hear it, but then you don't want to hear it. So. Fuck that guy. He went to the Yankees. Hey, <laughs> that's my fucking team, damn it. Fuck the Yankees. <laughs> Dodgers, man. Dodgers. Fuck Dodgers, Reggie Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Reggie Jackson, three home runs fucking against us in the World Series. Fuck that guy. He couldn't hit during yeah. the regular season, and he fucking Mr. October fucking bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Strikeout King. I liked it. He did my favorite album. <laughs> Reggie Jackson? 
<laughs> I'm just saying um, what you would have said if I said I liked Reggie Jackson's album. You would say, <laughs> I like the hits. <laughs> I don't I like the hits. I like deep cuts, man. Child wrote the best song on his album. <laughs> Wipe off my pants from that slide on base three. <laughs> All right, I thought this was a cool song to end the album, but this was an extra track, so I'm just saying rest in peace, Ronnie Van Zant and Steve Gaines, man. Ronnie Van Zant, you were a fucking genius. You were you were in control of this band. When I saw that freaking uh, documentary, If I Leave Here Tomorrow, check it out on Showtime. It's like they were doing that song, Simple Man, and the producer said, I don't like this song. He took the producer outside, put him in a car, and said, we're going to go record this song. You stay out here. <laughs> he was the he was, and the producer said I was afraid of Ronnie. <laughs> That's one of the few times when they actually had good sense to keep. Yeah, I was cool, so, man. That's why that good tunes on the album. The producer probably was the one who made the bad choices. That's <laughs> why they used the producer on all their other albums because <laughs> they needed someone to scapegoat. <laughs> I like all their other albums, man. Frickin', uh, uh, I think they're on uh, their final tour right you. now with uh, with uh, his brother, and uh, I think they're going out right now. So, much mm. love to Leonard Skinner. Go see them while you can, cause they are leaving. Mm. Um, and uh, do you have a track of the week, uh, Joseph? Do I have a track of the week? Like no, a song I was you like? informed of uh, a track of the week. Yep, I told nope. you, I don't think he saw it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I might have missed it. No, yeah, I'll pick I, I, a track of the week for you. All right, to give me oh, a track. Oh week. God, no shit. Uh, <laughs> better hurry up. Leo, pick some for something from Miles Davis. No, no, I'll let Lee pick. I'm literally brainless on that one right now at this okay, point. Okay, um, um, pick Deep Purple's Hush. Deep Purple's Hush. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I like some Deep Purple. Yeah, that's a good one, man. And yeah, I, that's the one you wouldn't have picked, but hey, I'm picking it. Well, I picked uh, I picked just the fuck with Lee Foreigner. That was yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> but I also have my own pick. But it's a song I didn't even hear. No, wait, did I hear it? Uh, that's oh yeah, I did. I picked Elton John's Street Kids. Street Kids. All right, so we got. Do you have anything to promote, Joseph? Uh, actually, I want to promote this young lady that's on. YouTube, I gotta send you the link for it so you can post it on your page there. Uh, Angel Johnson, she's a, she's my girlfriend's 19-year-old daughter. She does covers of several songs. She also has the freestyle hip-hop artist lyrical technique. Uh, she has not collaborated with anybody yet. If you guys are looking for her out there on YouTube, she is the beautiful blonde that is standing behind a tree who's kind of peeking her head out. Uh, do like and give her a subscribe. Tell her that DJ Sato sent you and told you to add her and subscribe to her because I just told you so, period, point blank. Cool, man. So right now we're going to go out with Deep Purple's oh. Hush. Foreigners that was yesterday and Elton John Street Kids on the yeah. Freeform Rock Podcast. Until next week, everybody say goodbye. All right. Bye. Take care. Goodbye. <laughs> All right. Later.
Now let's get into the promos. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. I wanna rock. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. You gotta fight for your right. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. We've got Bush. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. That's right, bangers. Cold beer, hot women, loud music, and copious amounts of hairspray and spandex every Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern. The Big Bushy Power Hour is the biggest party on that metal station.com. You haven't listened to Mars Attacks podcast? What are you waiting for, man? Host Victor M. Ruiz brings you all types of hard rock and metal-based podcasts. You'll find everything from music-based episodes, interviews, to series such as ultra-sexy classic album series, where some of your favorite musicians, producers, journalists, and show hosts comments on the albums that push the evolutionary chains of hard rock and metal. Get with it and go to MarsAttacksRadio.com to find out more. Punch it! Get blasted! Ear Pillars the podcasting and interview news sites to keep up with your favorite bands or artists and the podcasts or interviews where they appear. Go to earpeeler.com to find out what we're all about. From New York. Hey, 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 hey! What up, bangers? From North Carolina! Skitter Pal Meow Meow. This is Bushy. And the Mountain. Tune in every week for your listening pleasure only on the plug with Bushy and the Mountain Man. You can find us on Podbean and iTunes. Thank you very much! Rock and Rollers, if you want a podcast that kicks a lot of ass, make sure you check out the Terrence Reardon and Friends audiovisual podcast on YouTube. Every week, yours truly looks at a different classic rock or metal album that had a major impact on my life, and also in the history of rock and roll in general. And I'm usually joined by a friend or two, and I cover everything from ACDC and the Eagles to Pink Floyd, to Rush, to The Who, and everything in between. But there is no country music, no Tim McGraw, no Garth fucking Brooks, no rap, no Wu-Tang Clan, no fucking Jay-Z on the show, because that shit is frowned upon with this rock and roller. So if you want a kick-ass rock and roll podcast, check out the Terrence Reardon and Friends Audiovisual Podcast. New episodes up every Tuesday, exclusively on YouTube. Hey, this is Lee Gerstmann, and if you like to hear some stuff that's like, you don't know what it's gonna be, and even if it's stuff that I don't even know what it's gonna be, check me out on what I call the Lee Gerstmann Show, and it's just me doing reviews, or me doing horsing around, or whatever I'm doing, check it out, please. You have just listened to the Freeform Rock Podcast. All music played on the Freeform Rock Podcast belongs to its owner. If you like it, go out and buy it. 
Get your music on Amazon, iTunes, or at your local record store. Support what you love. Support the artist by seeing them live. Purchase their music. The Freeform Rock Podcast is not affiliated with any of the artists or music that we play. Thank you for listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. Until next time, stay free and rock on.